Okay, good morning and welcome to Sunday Story Hour, where we share real-life stories of how human design has helped our guests know themselves at a deep transformational level. By knowing and trusting ourselves, we develop deeper, more honest relationships and unlock our true gifts. My guest today is my friend and business coach, Kim Guillory. Kim is a a 6'2 emotional generator. And um, it's funny, even with it written in front of me, I still started to call you a 1-3. I don't know why that is. Um, But Kim and I have known each other a couple of years now. We met at, um, surprise, surprise, Human Design Conference. But we've had the pleasure of actually being able to be in Aura uh, about four different times. And I think I counted them all. And it's been really transformative. It's taught us both a lot about how different dynamics work for us. And so I'm really excited not only to have Kim initially share her story, but to talk a little bit about how we have grown in our experiment together and what that has meant. So without further ado, good morning, Kim. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and say hi to everybody? It's so fun being on this side, right? Yeah. Like you're fidgeting with all the stuff and I'm just like, oh, all I have to do is show up. This is fun. (laughs) Yeah. Kim hosts a bunch of different stuff for those of you who don't know. So So. Kathy and I connected a few years ago. Uh, We were both going to the same event and we ended up starting a private message that turned, we just knew each other by the time we got to the event. Um, And since then have been together and done shoot days. Like we even stayed in the same hotel room. So we really got to feel the dynamics and how they worked and the parts that were like kind of driving us crazy about each other. It was really interesting because, you know, you being a projector, me being a, a generator, but both being emotional, There, there's just, I think that our relationship has taught me so much about relationships because of your openness and the way that we can like kind of tell each other stuff that most or lots of people would not be okay with in order yeah. to experiment. That moment of I, I'm sorry, you mean openness as a person? Because in my design, I'm not super open, so I just no, want. I mean, I knew what you meant, but I wanted to let people. I'm sorry. No, 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 that's o- fine. Go open as in, hey, can I ask you something? Are you open to hearing? Like we, the way that we've learned to communicate for the sake of the experiment, I think is, I I don't know that I have anyone else like you in my life in the point that we will do it for the sake of experimenting it. Does that make sense? Like, it's not necessarily just about um, like consuming or learning or even about us trying to be something in our relationships. It's like finding the person that's willing to let you ask anything in order to get back the understanding. You even yeah. asked me that one night, like, can I ask you something? Like, why, why do you, I don't even remember how the question was. And I was like, I love the openness and the transparency and the willingness to do it for the sake of learning and understanding the dynamics of relationship. Yeah, that's been really, it, that's, you know, I want to, I want to dive right into that, but I want to, um, because it's so, it's been so transformative for me to be able to do that with you. And I think that part of that is that we're both six line six twos off the roof and it and if you're really deep in your experiment for anyone it's probably true but as a sixth line you can't help but just be real right you have to be real and so i don't feel like i have any 
Like I can't be in relationship with someone and not say, hey, this is bugging me or this is, I'm really trying to figure out why I feel this way when I'm having these things and I'm not putting it on you, but I'm trying to understand it through the dynamics of our energy and being able to talk to somebody who is in the experiment Mm -hmm. about all of that has been huge. But can we back up a little bit, if you don't mind, I'd really like for the viewers and listeners to be able to um, know a little bit more about you. I know a bunch of people in here probably know who you are because um, some people have come into this group with me from knowing you. But for those who know nothing about Kim Guillory, um, who, one, who are you? And two, what role has human design played in all of that? Okay. So <laughs> I am, I've, I'm like in love with business. That's one thing you must know about me. I talk about it all the time. I Because I believe that business is a great path of personal development because when you have that driver and that goal to serve mm-hmm. as the capacity as a business owner would, it's that driver just kind of moves all of the petty stuff out of the way. So I personally love using that. Um, so number one, I've been in business since I'm in my twenties, probably not for the best reason. I wanted to get away from the kids. I had like five kids at home and thought I'd lose my mind. And so I started working and that became my everything. And that's, this is not a great thing, by the way. And I think you shared that, you know, in the video, it's all of my self-worth and value and everything of the I am came from how people responded to me giving and serving. And so I didn't have like that self-worth or the confidence of just being a person. So that's number one. Number two, I found human design right before coming off the roof. So in my later forties and I was, it was very rocky. So if anyone understands like the life of a six, two, there's three stages. And this third stage is kind of this opportunity to like the wounded healers coming around to kind of finish what didn't happen or what didn't clean up. And when I read that, I was like, oh no, oh no. I I this is where I relate to Marianne. Like I uh-uh, I can't go through this again. Right. I remember that knowing like the the some of those big changes that had happened earlier on, if that was gonna happen again, like I'm gonna die. And I've tried very hard to continue living. Like how, how? So that made me dive like all the way in. When I first looked up human design six two role model, because that's all I knew. I put it in and it brought up Marianne's thing. And it was, it said off the roof. And I was like, what is off the roof? Like, what is that? And I just kind of kept following that understanding and that path. And I had an astrologist at that time. We had been working together probably about eight years. And I remember the day that I was reading about the three stages and I kind of froze like, oh shit, I don't know if I can do this. And then I realized that we are not doomed by anything. This is information to help us understand the dynamics of ourselves better, that we, everything is figure outable, that we can overcome anything. And we're not doomed to any labels or numbers or charts or design. That was the big awakening moment for me. So I wanted to know more and more about myself to understand, hold on this is actually not me. There's actually things happening around me and within me. 
And that's that's where I chose to to go in deeper to it is to really understand the like how I was being so reactive because some of the things I was experiencing and I was ruining relationships. Mm. I was um I've got a really strong, I'll say aura or personality or like this emotional driver that I didn't know I had. Now I understand because it's a dynamic, it's something that others feel. It's not something that I do. Um, having the 15, three times, you know, like the extremes of yeah, I'm way up here and yeah, I'm way down there. And so those are the things that that drew me in. Um, one of the first things I did was like start like I didn't even know what a channel or a gate or like what any of that stuff meant. And for anyone who's new to human design, I assume you feel the same way. And so I was trying to get to the punchline, which is almost impossible, <laughs> you know, whenever you're doing it through the knowledge. Right. And so that's that's my human design story is I recognized one of the biggest things was number one, that I was a six two, that there was three stages, that the past, my experience of the past was actually orchestrated beautifully for me to become to be, to be. Mm-hmm. So I no longer felt like a victim. Okay. The um the emotional part, I remember my husband coming home and he was joking and he said, I'm just checking to see who you are today. And it became a huge wound in our relationship. And when I understood the emotional wave, I was able to let him win that one, you'll say. He he was being honest and transparent. My immaturity couldn't handle it. And my lack of confidence got, I got butthurt and I had been diagnosed with so, you know, just depression and I was on so much medication and like all of these things. So when he said that, it triggered this, I'm crazy because of the ups and downs, because of the highs and the lows. And because of like, I mean, when you're, when you're in a a low emotion, it is really hard to get up. And because I had so much low when I was younger, I was scared. So I was like always looking and reaching and trying to take something or drink something or do something to get above that. And so those those things are probably the most transforming is knowing that about myself. And that's the beauty of human design is how, how to understand, like, I'm not going to say like why I'm like this, but how to be okay with how I am. And to embrace it, right? Like for yeah. me, there's this first stage where you kind of were like, oh, well, maybe I can learn to like stop trying to not be this way. But then you get to this point where all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is where all the beauty is. This is where all my gifts are. And I think the emotional wave is a huge thing for a lot of people. And your husband is, if I'm, I'm trying to not remember, emotional. he's not, yeah, he, he's on, yeah, he's undefined um, solar plexus like mine is. And um, so is my daughter. And so that whole thing where, you know, people like they have boundaries to our emotions, right? Like there's something and we're treated like there is a lot of people think, you know, oh, well, we're supposed to not experience emotion. But um, what I found is once I can learn to be okay with my emotions, I don't have to um, 
they're not such a big deal and I can sit with them and I can be alone with them and I cannot need someone to make me not be crazy, right? Like I think so much of what we were feeling in our, now your wave is very different than mine. You have a tribal emotional wave and I have an individual emotional wave. So mine's very much melancholy. So um, whereas for those who don't know, the tribal emotional wave is this more ratcheting kind of thing where like nothing, something doesn't really bother you out externally until it does. And then it's like this expl- kind of explosive thing. And then you're okay with it again because you let it out, right? Does that does that feel correct? Yeah, it was, you know what? I, what I didn't understand is the amplification yeah. that what was going on, because I'm we're just kind of used to how we feel. But I didn't see the impact of what was happening until I recognized that I thought he was moody and he was like everything I was saying about him was actually, it was just coming back at me for me to experience it. And that was, that was huge. Um, You know, it's just, you know, when I really got to understand it too, is when I realized what a defined root does to me. Yeah. I was like, oh, so they're getting this from me. Like I'm getting that from this. Whoa. It's almost like uh, the the beauty of the awareness of the the power and impact of those energies and those dynamics and how much it impacts us. And and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe a lot of that understanding of your root happened when we were together in Asheville. You and I started to like realize that little things that I would say because of my defined root and your open root, like I would say, should I wear this or should I wear this? And you would, your root would feel pressure to make a decision for me. And I'm just like chatting about stuff as I'm talking. Cause that's how, you know, my daughter always says I narrate my life. I think I might wear this. I think hey, I might- in my undefined wheel wants to wheel everything, like wants to respond. Like I'm so yeah. out of, um, out of my own authority when I'm around someone else's definition. It's like understanding that about myself. Um, I, I've been able to like slow down, sit down, wait to respond. Not, I was responding to the pressure. Cause I, I have a lot of undefined, oops, I lost an earring. <laughs> I have a lot of undefined, um, uh, open openness. And the way that that impacts me, the pressure of that is intense. I didn't realize that. Well, and then what I thought was really interesting was when we were together in Asheville, and I remember we were with a group of people and it was a human design type thing. So we knew everybody's design and several of the people were open, emotional solar plexus that were in the car with us. And you and I talking and me trying to, I don't remember, I think you were driving and I was kind of like, there's this whole thing that was going on with your open route and my defined route, like feeling this pressure. But because we're both defined emotional, we could be fine and not get mad about stuff. We were like just this kind of friendly banter or whatever, but there were people in the car that I think wanted to jump out of the vehicle. Right. Remember that? And it was just such an interesting thing to watch how that impact is on people who have that openness and, you know, that emotional openness for sure. Right. Do you, do you remember what I was talking about? Do you remember the time I'm talking about? I do, but I don't remember, I don't remember the conversation, but I remember, I I always remember sensation. I always remember feeling and how I felt. Um, And it's like this with the open throat too. So I have an undefined, uh, well, I actually have the 21, the 12, 12 or 21. What is it? 12. 
Yeah. You have the 12, 21s on your own. I knew it was a two and a one. Um, so <laughs> I have like, I'm open, open, open. And when I'm, a, when I'm feeling that pressure around me, that is how it's expressed. Like, and it, like, I got to get it. I'm trying to get it out my body. Like I'm trying. And then it's this like, just over talking or over like, and I didn't realize that either, but it goes right along these lines of understanding definition, um, undefined and defined. And I think the, the part that, that kept coming up for me, it was almost like it would re-trigger the wounding of a pandemic or rejection, but it was actually like, I can imagine now if people felt that pressure when they're around me, of course they wouldn't want to be around me. Right. Because like I wasn't clean in my own energy. I was in a reactive state. And then, you know, in order to be in relationship and you have one that it's just like almost painful to be around. It's like chalk, uh, fingernails on the chalkboard. Mm-hmm. That of course, they're not going to want to come hang out or sit by me or be because I've, I've got all this, you know, that. And then if they felt anything close to that. But Kathy, I didn't know that. I did not understand that. I really, I really didn't understand it. Um, I was so non-aware of some of my habits. And I was very aware of what I call rejection or um, like feeling left out or not being like, I'm too much. And now I'm like, yeah, that's kind of right. Because you know what? When I'm around a lot of definition, it feels like too much. It's not that I, the person, is too much. It's just that I, who's not handling my own body, mm-hmm. is too much. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's been huge to really, um, you know, there. so I am very much in my head a lot. But what now I've realized is there is this point where um, you take the information that's in your head, but you can bring it back into the body and say, okay, this is what I'm thinking. Now, what am I feeling? And not not completely detaching from the head because, um, you know, we have a beautiful mind for a reason, but really being able to sit with what does this feel like? So now one of the things that I'm really understanding in a beautiful way is how now that I know who I am, what's my energy like? What does it feel like? What's where am I open? Where do I take people in? Where do I impact people? How do I impact other people's energy? Now that I can understand that, I can look at how our energies connect. And just recently, I think I was telling you that I realized um, in our relationship, I have three compromises from you. Okay, so your energy, you have channels, for those who don't know what I'm talking about. Kim has three channels, and Kim only has three channels, right? Yeah, Kim has three channels. All three of her consistent ways of of experiencing energy to define her centers compromise a gate that I have that's just hanging. So what that means is that she has this way of making me feel that is not anything she's doing. It's not anything she's ch- that you're choosing to do. It's not something you said, how, it's not how you said it. It's just the way your energy impacts mine. And so realizing that um, there are gifts that can come from that because 
you know, you can connect certain centers. I'm a triple split. You can, I, I'm not looking at it right now. I think we actually go, um, yeah, we're still split even if we um, are together. But um, this idea that there's, you know, going to be this feeling like she's doing something to me, which now that I can know, oh, my, um, my, the biggest one I feel and the one I wanted to talk a little bit about is your emotional wave 596, which we started to talk about is your, that's, um, a very big part of who you are. Now, my design son, right, is 59. I also have the 59 two other times on my design side. All of that is just hanging on my open sacral. That's three three times a 59 who wants a six, but your six is taken, right? So it really feels like you're not letting me have your this energy, like you're not giving me this energy of this gate six because I'm trying to, and so for gates 59, for those of you who don't understand, that is all about intimacy. So really understanding that I'm trying to understand why isn't there a more intimate connection in this friendship? Why am I being rejected? Why am I being rejected? And it can feel this way to me when you're not doing anything. It's just the way the energy feels where I have this energy of my 59.2 wants to be called out, right? My 59.6 wants to create an intimate moment in, you know, in just this conversation, even if it never goes anywhere, it doesn't matter. And then I have the 59, what's my other one? 59.1, which wants this foundation of intimacy. And yet when I'm connected with your energy, it feels like rejection. That doesn't mean that you're rejecting me. It means that my mind is making up a story to explain the way my energy feels. And when I can take that and say, isn't it interesting that my mind is saying, oh, Kim's not doing this, but I know this is just her six is connected to her 59 already. It's a channel for her. She, Kim, someone just asked, why is it not available? And it's, um, Aaron just asked, because Kim has the full channel. Her conscious son is 6.6. It's strong energy. I want it right? It's really a big part of who you are. And you also have it somewhere else on the design side. Oh, it's in your Uranus. You have 6.3. And then you have the 59 is defined by your, where is it? 59 is your um, Jupiter on the design side. So you've got this energy and it's your, oh, it's your conscious moon on the, you know, on the personality side. So you know, it's your drive. It's you have it twice. You have two sixes and they're both taken by your two fifty nines, right? So, oh no, actually you've got three sixes. Hmm. Now that's interesting. Now that's something I'm gonna have to contemplate. Um, is you have one extra six. Is it just that I have three fifty nines? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. This is why human design is an experiment. There's no like math rules, but I just know that this is a compromise channel for me. And I can see where that comes up in our relationship. And that doesn't mean that it's not a good relationship. It means that I have to get out of the stories my head makes up about how my energy feels. And so when I can stay grounded in who I am, 
and not make up stories of what Kim's thinking, what Kim's feeling. We often try to make up a motivation for someone else when we have no idea what's going on. Right. And yeah. And I think the thing is like, yeah, there's lots going on and there's, um, I, I call it emotional signatures. And so there's this wounding inside of all of us, you know, and most of it is rejection and not being worthy. Y'all, it's, I mean, it's no mystery, guys. We don't, it's just a human being. Feelings. And when we get in, when the mind starts making up a story of, I feel this way because you did this, that's really where the understanding happens because like keep walking in the house and me feeling like I need to get up and do something. Like I can't be just sitting here, you know, and that's not, he didn't say a thing and I can make up stories all day long because of the way it feels. Now that's why transparency is my first core value. Just ask. And I love the four agreements. Don't make assumptions. Just ask. Like when you do this, I feel this way. I'm curious about how, you know, the, what anything behind it or whatever. But I think that is what we're talking about in our relationship that can be modeled for anyone else in any relationship is if like, here, here's the punchline. <laughs> if there is a sensation in your body, it is your responsibility, not someone else's. That's the punchline of this whole thing. And human design is a path to understand yourself better so that you can do housekeeping on your emotions, on your own body. So you can take responsibility for everything that goes on from here to here, all of it. And if you are in, have any sort of codependency or have this, this old wound that you're wanting someone else to feel that, to become, like if you marry someone to be your better half, like, no, no, no. I don't want to marry a half person and I don't want to be the worst half or the better half. Like, I just want to be a whole and I want that person to be whole. And I want the same thing in my relationships and the same thing with my clients. And yet I have this very strong, passionate energy. You, I, I try to, to kill it. I try to put it out. I, I can't. It's, it's, it's just a big part of who I am. And when I get excited, it just, woof. it's like a, you just put some, something on the, the fire and it's like now I'm starting to feel when I do that. And I just back off out of the conversation, back away and just get quiet. And then the other person often feels rejected. Like I pulled away, I shut the door, I, you know, whatever, like you're just saying right now, but it's actually me doing housekeeping or, you know, just doing my own work when I realize that my energy leaves my body. I put it out like, and then I expect something and that is not healthy for me or the other person. Yeah. And so I've experienced this a lot with my clients. I I I get excited. I'm so passionate. I see their potential. I wish we could cut that off. I wish I could sometimes wear glasses and not see anyone's potential because then I get this emotional excitement and I want to I want that hey, let's and they didn't ask. Mm-hmm. They did not ask for it. And so I am out of alignment. I am not in my authority because I'm not waiting for someone to ask, "Hey, Kim, this is what, you know, I'm thinking about doing, or this is what I would like to do. Do you have any suggestions? Do you have ideas? What do you see? Then it's free reigns for me to, and then of course I'll check, you know, with the bookends, do you want to hear, or are you sure you want to know this? And then we'll have that contemplation back and forth instead of me just contemplating, getting this vision, which I, it's just a gift. I'll call it a gift. It's also a curse that when I see it and I feel it and I get excited about it, I want to share it. And then I think they should do what I'm seeing. 
That's, I just did a podcast on this. That's, that's been huge for me to recognize that. I get lots of creative ideas and you know what? It's, it's not me to go vomit those ideas on top of everyone, you know, even though it has something to do with them, they did not ask. Yeah. Not up to me to respond unless they ask. And that's the understanding, true understanding of the role model is to be, don't tell, don't see, don't put, it's just to be right. That opens the door for inquiry and them saying, I see you doing this, or, you know, I've been really interested in what you're doing. I wonder how that would work for me or how that could fit in me with you. Could we have a conversation? Then I have something to respond to, but what I used to do is I felt it my duty and responsibility to make sure everyone met their potential. And then I was constantly like, it was just messy. It was we, you and I have had open conversations about this. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm so open to hearing that about myself because I really want to die well. Right. Because when you're out and you're doing all that stuff, you're not going to die well. Especially for the six two. We got to be careful about that. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I may, might be too open. I still remember the one time when we were in a like a hot, you know, Kim does these group coaching calls. And she had people waiting. So her open route is feeling this pressure. Like I got to get through all these people. I got to help them all as quickly as I can. I know what to do. I know how to help these people. So she's coaching me about something and she asked me something. And as a triple split projector, I verbally process a lot of what I'm doing. And so I'm verbally processing and she's like, just yes or no. I need, I mean, it wasn't quite that, but you said just yes or no. And I just had to be like, Kim, I'm not a generator. I don't yes or no. And so we realized in conversation on our own that actually um, most of the time, the group is not a good setting for projector coaching, that it's, um, you know, unless it's a very laid back, time where there's not a lot of people wanting stuff, or if I have a very specific thing, I just want to run by you. Or if I take responsibility for the pressure, like (laughs) like that. So I, I really think personal responsibility is the answer to all of this, to all relationships. If I take personal responsibility for recognizing the pressure, like I'm talking about this emotional signature, that that is being triggered, that has nothing to do with you. But if I want to serve you to the best capacity for both of us, it's for me to recognize that we're not going to get to everyone. And that's right. okay. Who raised their hand first? And so I recognize from that, my my 20 years as a cosmetologist doing hair, nails, tanning, we never booked two people at the same time, ever. And right. I know now that's what it was. If someone came early or was sitting there waiting, I had so much pressure. And then my open throat, and I was talking to someone about this the other day. And I was like, I never thought about bringing that into the online space, that same thing. Right. You know, it's interesting because, um, you know, we have some comments here and Aaron Connolly, um, who I don't think you've ever met, Aaron. Aaron is a friend of mine from Florida. And I'm so happy that she, her house did not, her street was really flooded. So, but she's good. But anyway, she said it would be great if we knew the design of others to understand them to a greater degree and why we get certain vibes. And I introduced Erin to her human design and her daughters when I was down there visiting. So she's pretty new to the whole thing. Um, But I think she um, has a good point here. But what I've realized, you know, in the beginning, I don't know about you, but I was always like, and I still like to get everybody's charts, but I used to be like, Oh, I wish I knew what kind of, but now the key is you just got to know who you are. Like, That's right. 
when you know who you are and you feel a certain way, sure, my mind likes to play guessing games and be like, I wonder if they have an open route. I wonder if they, you know, whatever, and try to, but that's all part of the, I wonder why I'm feeling this way, but it all comes back to, because I know who I am and this story I'm making up just shows me that I'm trying to make sense of something that's new to me. And where we have openness is where we're meant to learn, right? So when we're feeling different things, that's all part of us learning. And it doesn't really matter what their design is, although it is certainly interesting when people are in your life, I highly recommend knowing their design and looking at especially, um, you know, deep relationships, you know, looking at where the issues are. Generally speaking, if you're in a relationship where your compromise channels are are, that's where your fights are going to be. That's where most of your fights are. Although they can be in electromagnetics as well. But um, it kind of just tells you, like, if that's where the fight is, you know, you know who has the completed energy there and you know who needs to um, not try to fill that need in this relationship. That doesn't mean you don't, uh, that you lose, right? So like, I'm meant to look for intimacy, Um Sure, it doesn't mean I can't have intimacy in our relationship. We have, but I'm meant to um, learn a lot. And I've really realized where my open centers are with hanging gates is really telling me this is what I'm meant to learn from in relationships. So I'm meant to learn a lot about intimacy in relationship in a way that's different than you are. So I don't know. That makes sense. And it's recognizing that the mind is just doing its job. It's always trying to put the puzzle pieces together to make sense. That's its job. And so when you feel a certain way, the mind remembers feeling that way before. It goes collect that data and it brings it back. And then it puts the new person in the position of the old person when you felt that way. And so that's where so much of this wounding and trauma is coming from, but it's actually not coming from the character in front of you. It's coming from the dynamic that has been imprinted. That's why I love the the integrative mind-body coaching. When we can integrate all of that, the unfelt perceptions, and then we've got a clean slate, right? That's like the housekeeping. And then this happens with you and I, my mind can tell a story. Oh, this is when she rejects you. This is when she has enough. This is when she talks shit on you. This is when she takes you down because that is the feeling that's imprinted in the body that this situation pings and the mind is coming to deliver the message to the brain, right? To, to like go into protection mode. Right. And so, and I know this is talking way out there, but that I was doing this mindset understanding and all before I came into human design. So it kind of depends on where you're finding it at. For some people, it's the beginning of their awareness and their personal development and their growing. For me, it wasn't, it was the end. So it helped put some of these things together. And the perception I speak and teach through is coming from the 6-2 perception if I'm in my own design, if I'm being myself and I'm not being triggered by the world or doing what every other... I mean, you see this in, in my business coaching. I don't want you to do what everyone else is doing. I want to help you be who you are so you can do it your way, so you can bring something unique into the world because you're a unique being. Yeah. So just because someone else is successful at something else doesn't mean you're going to be successful at that. But not everyone can get that message. They instantly feel the trigger 
Then they go to whoever tried to control them back in the past. They put that face on me and then they can't receive the information. And I can't do a damn thing about it because I just triggered a trauma response in their body because I was missing what I'm saying. It was misunderstood. That's why the understand is the second step to the punchline. First, you got to get present and clear, but then you got to understand where this, and then be able to, especially guys, if you're working with a coach or a healer or a practitioner, God, you got to have the transparency to say, you know what? The last time we talked, and this is what you and I have. The last time we talked, I I felt this way and I thought this, and I just want to be clear. Like what, what was going on for you? I think that is so much of my understanding about human design and the work is when I can be in relationship like that. Yeah. For those who don't know Kim, um, when she keeps referring to the punchline, she wrote a book. How many years ago did you write that book now? I think it was six. I don't know. I could probably it's been a while. It's called, right. the punch- it's called it was all around the same time of coming off the roof. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the whole- my book, by the way, for those six twos who are listening to this, you'll appreciate this. How did I figure out how to want to live? Yeah. That's, that was like the whole thing behind the book. How did I figure out how to want to live? And I know a lot of people can understand that. Some people won't understand it at all. Uh, a six, two understands it. Yeah. You know, I think, um, I think your story is really, um, impactful for a lot of people, um, you know, not just six twos, but, you know, and, and we didn't really go into any of that, but like you had, um, a, a very rough, you know, first 30 years for sure. Right. You know, that's true to the sixth line. Um, sixth line tends to have three phases of life. And the first phase is usually, a lot of learning through what doesn't work in life, right? So that's when you, and you grow, you're in an, from an area. Um, I'll let you tell the story about the area that you grow in, grew up in and the suicide. And, and I say this, and it's probably more on a negative note, just I'll preface it with that. But when I used to talk about the three lines, I was like, the first phase, you're just getting shit around by life. Like it's just kicking you everywhere. And it's like, you got to just figure it. I mean, it was like, and I not, I don't see this true. I have six, two grandchildren and children, and that didn't necessarily happen that way, but I don't know what was going inside their psyche. Right. So mine could have all been internal also. Maybe it wasn't my circumstance. Does that make sense? But that's mm-hmm. what it feels like because we actually are born optimistic, but then we become victims And then we spend that second part trying to figure out what the heck just happened to make sure it doesn't happen ever again to me or anyone else. And so that really is, it's like that up until I was, oof, my, my, it kind of started settling down at in my twenties, but man, that, that beginning phase, but you know, that at 29 years old, I had a full on hysterectomy that kind of re-triggered all that inconsistency and I didn't have, they didn't give me hormones after. So I'm like 29 years old, five kids, two businesses, a husband working shift work. And like, I can't find my head and my body or just like separated. Like my head's over here telling me what to do. And my body's just like, fuck you. (laughs) Like I ain't doing that. It it was so disconnected. And so anyway, through this whole process, there was a lot of learning, but I really got into understanding myself. You know, I put myself in treatment centers. I did a lot of medical intervention and personal development stuff to try to figure it out. I couldn't understand where this disconnection was, where this um, lack of 
ease, you know, what, what was happening. And I was also in survival mode. You know, I had five kids. We had a house that burnt. We had no money. We had to start off. Break. There was just a, I've just had a lot of life's experience. A lot of diagnosis that put you on some extreme medication that, you know, For 24 years. Yeah. 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 I was even, they had me on lithium at one time. Um, I have over 20 years on Xanax and Klonopin, um, eight, eight or nine years on Adderall, um, pain med, like you name it, pain meds, allergy meds, uh, and it's just a concoction that would get me up and going and then would bring me back down, get me up and going, bring me back down. And all of them were turning off my emotional authority. And mm-hmm. so that's that's what I noticed after is I didn't have the leader in my body turned on. It's like the light switch or the thermostat of what actually guides me as a feeling person. I am a feeler. I have to, if I'm making a change in the house or the room, I have to either draw it out, imagine it, go into a visualization or put it on a computer, and then I can make the decision. And if I were running, um, like we're doing branding for a new program right now, I can't just look at it. I need to feel a variety so I can have the contrast like, oh, this feels like this compared to this. And that feels, oh, that feels just right. The little bear story or the little piggy story must have, what it was, the little story about the soup, hot, cold, just right. Must have been emotional authority. Um, Goldilocks and the three bears. <laughs> right. It's so I'm, but I'm learning that about myself. I used to be apologetic. I thought I was broken or I was wrong. My husband's not like that. He's very indecisive. We went out to eat last night. He laughs at me. Um, <laughs> Mallory and I went out to eat Friday. It's, I mean, I have to ask whoever's waiting on me all these questions or I have to look at food so I can feel it. It's ridiculous. I just went to lunch with my friend Ginny. Um, and she, when I, after I got done ordering, she's like, wow, that was quite an interesting process. And I was like, yeah, my daughter's always like this. But I literally, like if I have not gone on and looked at pictures ahead of time and sat with the idea, I have to kind of feel through the server. And it's not like I listen to what she says. I might say, so I'm kind of ha- not sure. Can you tell me your favorite three things on the menu. And then I can kind of tell from what she picks if her taste is anything even like mine. And sometimes I don't know go with anything she said, but you know what I mean? And then I'll just, and so I, it's this conversation yes. and I'm also very respectful of them and, and try to be engaging, but you and I experienced that together in restaurants where we were like looking at everybody's food in the restaurant. Oh yeah. I'll get up and walk around. And I mean, I've been in groups and sometimes I'm like, just give me an appetizer and get out of here because I, I can't, I'm so pressured. It's uncomfortable. So this gal, that same one waited on me Friday and Saturday and listen, she she is not like the people pleaser at all. She just like, why does it matter what I like? I was like, oh my God, this chick is so smart. Like, why does it matter what I like? Like, she's like, and I'm like, You're, she is so right. But I was like, if I had pictures, it would help. So I went on their Facebook page, just started pulling up pictures. And I, I it's really, now I've had a waiter that actually told me exactly what to get, what I was going to get in it. And then she made up the drink for me. And we became so intimate that when she served it to me, she says, I even tasted it to make sure it was good. I'm like, great. Would you like to come home with me? <laughs> it was so, she just picked the perfect thing. But, you know, she had that that nurturing in her that she really wanted to please. And she listened. And it was it almost like in with her dynamics, it became like she was putting the puzzle together and it was a treat for her. She was excited about it. 
oh my God, that was like, I still remember this. I remember exactly where I was at and where I was sitting. It was so helpful to have someone who got that. But that's again, understanding there were some dynamics between she and I, she got it. I got it. Not like that with this other little girl, like at all. But yet she's not unkind. Well, and also I think, you know, I think about different emotional people that I know that would never do anything like that because a lot of people, um, you know, there's right now, I feel there's a big call with the way the the transits are happening and just things that are happening with the, um, you know, this kind of awakening that's happening in the planet where we're really being called to heal our emotional wounds. But so many people are repressed emotionally and then other people are um, so, um, I don't know what the right word is, because there was a time, I think you kind of talked about vomiting all over the place. There was a time where I felt this like need to be seen and have my emotions acknowledged by other people because I didn't know how to acknowledge them myself. So I kept wanting people to see my pain, see my whatever it was in a way that, you know, so there's this dynamic of people who are so like boundaries to the point of barrier walls, you know, that I don't think are healthy, you know, boundaries I understand, but when you have this like wall that you put up that you're calling a boundary and it really is meaning that you're not letting anybody even have a feeling in your presence because it might trigger a feeling in you. I don't think that's healthy for anybody. But then there's also the opposite extreme too, where we're like imposing our emotions on other people. It's more of that. Right. Yeah. There are other ones um, is protection, but I do see so much of that other. And I, when I look at myself in my own design, I think that pressure is like being, is coming out here so I can release it. That's what, so there's this, this need to talk, it's a, but it's actually not a need to talk and be heard. It's a need to unload. So but I to- think that there are two sides of the same coin. There are two. Sides oh, absolutely. Of, absolutely. You know, yes. you said it's more of that for us. Yes. But for a lot of people. No, no there, but there's definitely two sides. But what I'm seeing right now is the, uh, like I see the other, but when I'm coaching someone, either they've turned it off or they're intentionally keeping it off to, to, to be protected. Yeah. But that doesn't help them heal though. They have to be ready to heal. I understand that. So I'm not saying, but I'm saying, um, you know, so there's, yeah, it's like, I guess it's kind of like, I think of it like you do a bandage, right? Like you have to put a bandage to stop the bleeding, but there's a point where you have to take the bandage off or you're going to get it. You're not going to ever really truly heal because the bandage doesn't allow it to breathe and grow and, and whatever. So, right. right. So just knowing and whatever state someone else is in, that's been the big thing for me to realize that whatever state somebody else is in is not my responsibility. It's my state. And, you know, so what I was happening for me before is the more someone would have that wall up, the more I'd be like wanting to express, but Hey, I have these feelings and they need to be acknowledged and honored and don't try to make me wrong for having my feelings, which I don't need them to make me right for having my feelings either. I'm just, they're my feelings. So it's, it's really that individuality when we can take like radical personal responsibility for what's happening inside of ourselves, what we need, what we want, what we desire. So yeah, it's great to get it with and from other people, but it's so empowering when we know ourselves and we know what our needs and desires are. We also, it's, it's like, 
so we might like desserts, but we don't need to have desserts all the time. You know, it's like we know we know how to get into. So it's nice to have a treat, but it's nicer to know that we have access to anything that we need from within ourselves. So that it's the difference is expecting and attaching compared to desiring and wanting and doing. So I'm not saying one or the other. I'm saying that I have walked through all of them where I like literally my tanning clients, I kept their lotion with their name in alphabetical order. We had a place like some of them, they had to change of clothes here. We had like, I was un- unbelievable, unbelievable. That some of the stuff I have done in business that I caretake. And- that was years ago. You don't do tanning anymore, right? I do not. But I mean, it was like, because the tanning lotion would go old in the car go and they would leave it at home. And then I was, you know, always having to get, so I went through, I jumped through hoops to make things very convenient, but this was a lot of, so that Kim would be like the best. Right. You so, so, so they would never leave me because that was my wound. Right. Yeah. So, um, okay. So we have a bunch, uh, quite a few, well, Few people watching. Are people on live? Hey, everyone! I didn't even yeah, say who I was. Right. I know. Not so. Um, I don't know. Brittany was here, and Christina is here. I don't know who's still here because um, you know you never can tell. But um, and Erin, my friend from Florida. Um, so anyway, I just really wanted to um, leave a, a couple minutes to go back to um, how you use your knowledge now of human design, not, you know, we've been talking a lot about ourselves and in relationships, but I know you use it in your coaching practice. And how do you feel that helps you? Cause a lot of your people still, you know, you talk about it, but they don't really, they're not really in their experiment. Yeah. Um, one, one of the main reasons that I ask for the information is to know how to ask questions, like, mm-hmm. so that the answer is coming from them because I do tend to, I'm a visionary and I'd like to see, and I see potential and I want, you know, and so really recognizing like I'm outside of strategy, authority, openness. I'm really not a whole lot interested in the other stuff personally for me on what, on how I use it. I, I understand like how the prayer, where that pressure and that openness, what can happen. So I do like to have that awareness. Um, the the inquiry is probably the most important thing. Like what types of questions to ask? Is it open-ended? Is it direct? You know, what's their learning style? What's their, um, what, what are they lit up by? So I, like, I just did one while you and I were waiting to go on this call. It's someone I met, we're collaborating with in some business and marketing and strategy stuff. And when we first met, we talked about it. And so she sent me the information, but she didn't send me where she was born. And so we were now talking about doing some stuff again. And I said, Hey, and I I tagged, you know, that older post. And so she sent it to me. And so it's like, I look at her chart. She's a one, three, she's an emotional generator. And she's like completely defined except for an open route, like Monique, you know? And so it's like, just understanding that, like, if it only takes one person to change a relationship, it actually doesn't take both. And so it just takes me knowing myself and then me respecting. And then I ask her questions. So that I can get validation that what I'm seeing and what she knows about herself are correct. So I'm not making assumptions and I'm not labeling. I'm not putting people in boxes. So really, I just want the screenshot and somehow I retain it. I don't, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's a tool. It's not everything. It is a tool for direction, right. for guidance. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I'm talking about some of that, it brings up a self-imposed limitation 
I'll hear it. And now I know what's going to come up in their business because I heard that there. So it's more a tool of awareness that I'm always looking around. Um, I have every single person struck that I've ever worked with and anyone that I get to know and meet, like it's that important to me, but then I don't deep dive into anyone. I used to, and it was great when I was learning to understand a lot of the gates and the channels and the mechanisms. It was great. I mean, I went into it for years. Now I tend to just ride with it. And it's like, let me just get what I need from it. I can go back and refer. And mostly because the, it's so interesting that what they came in for gets put on the side and then they just go deep dive into not just for, if they did it just for themselves, it wouldn't be a problem, but they want to know it for everyone else. And then it takes them further away from what they want. But I think human design should be a tool of self-discovery. But it's so yeah. interesting that the mind immediately wants to go put labels and boxes in, on other people and then use that. Because if you're in a victim mindset or like you're looking for what's wrong with you, you will find it. And so when I, I start to sense that, I, I pull it and I'm like, they're just going to have to go and dig that with some, I refuse to go there. And that's me being in my authority of my design and my intention. And if you came to me to help you make money so that you can serve people to a higher capacity and make an impact in the world, I'm committed to that. I got the, I've got the channel of embodied, like I can't let that go. So you know that you have seen me in action. I, I'm almost like a, like a, uh, not wanting to let that commitment go. Cause if I made that commitment, man, it's locked in energetically and it's very painful personally. Yeah. So you're, um, and you're cross of the plane, right? Which is all about themes of helping people navigate the material world. Material like, world, right? You said money is the language of the material world. It's not love, it's money. You can be the most loving person and love everyone in the world. And then when it comes time for you to go buy groceries, love ain't buying you groceries. Right. So, in order to be healthy and to be well and to be in prosperity and abundance and serve your purpose, Guys, you gotta you gotta get okay with you gotta get rid of all those limiting beliefs around money. It's yeah. really hard to have a great life in the material world on this planet if you got money shit. Yeah. Yeah. So we only have a couple more minutes. And if anybody watching has any questions for Kim or for myself, please um put them in the comments. Um, but I also wanted to just go back into what you were saying about, yes, human design is completely uh, an experiment of self-discovery. But through that self-discovery, the transformative difference in relationships is huge. And there is something to be said about understanding the other people's energy. And I don't think you were saying there wasn't, but um, it's important. Like I see people who want to tell me how to fix this person, right? Or tell me um, if I'm compatible with this person, right? So Kim and I, you know, she's got three compromise channels or I've got three compromises from her, like I said. So her three channels compromise a gate for me. Um, I have three channels that are dominant channels for her. So she doesn't have gates in that one. So that's gonna, she could amplify that energy. We have um, no companionship channels. We have a nine and O, which is called nowhere to go, which means it's very difficult for anybody to be there in relationship, but there's a split. So there is still something we're looking for in order to connect in our relationship. But 
that doesn't, none of that means good or bad. It just means this is how our relationship is. And so the things we need to look for are, um, when is this feeling coming up that we're making a story in our mind, especially since our minds in relationship, that's where the split is. We don't connect from, you know, here. So that doesn't mean that we can't connect. It just means that, you know, there's going to be all these dynamics. I don't want to get too far into it, but what I'm saying is understanding what's you and what's me, what's you, uh, so that we can be ourselves in relationship is huge. And so, like you said, it only takes one person to change a relationship. I have witnessed that firsthand so much with my husband and my daughter. Understanding the way my energy impacts my manifest or daughter is huge. And there are still times where I'm like, why is she being this way? And like conditioning tells me, She's being disrespectful. She's what she's meant to impact, to push, to create tension. I comp my compromise, you know, I compromise her design son, a really strong energy on an open center for her. Like she's gonna feel a way. And she's 22 years old. So sometimes it's not gonna come out in a way that I like. Now, does that mean I don't tell her the way she expressed it was not okay? But you know, knowing that this is coming from not something I did or she did is you know, I've got to allow her to grow and experience her own energy and be solid in who she is. So it's been really big in my relationships. And I love helping people to see that in their own relationships where they can say, this is what I'm feeling in my relationship. And I can say, well, have you looked at this? Because, you know, and then they're like, oh, wow. So two, two things. When you saying that, one one of the examples is like the channel of struggle. People think that they just have to struggle all the time. That is not what the channel of struggle is. What are you willing to struggle for? What are you willing to fight for? That it's a completely different context. And so what I'm saying is, when I introduce someone to human design, then they want to go get all the knowledge, and then they spend years here. Learn for yourself, and then get someone like Kathy to help with the relationship part. Don't try like that's what I see, and the reason that I'm I'm strong about it is because they did not come to learn about human design. They came to better their own life. And so I'm like, okay, so this is, a, but they're letting the mind win when it goes down the rabbit holes. And that's, that's all I'm saying about it is it's actually not, I can't, I mean, everybody's path is everybody's path. Yeah. I'm just not going to be in that ring having that fight because I can see that it is the mind wanting to be so smart and know everything and know everyone and did it and try to avoid you're not going to avoid life and what's supposed to happen in life. But what you can do is take away the prominent things to get started that plus they give you the results that you want. And then when you have the issues with the other, book a call and say, can I do a relationship call? And can you help me see what's compromised? Not, I got to go learn every single channel, every, the, 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 anyway, that's my thing about that. The second thing was, and it's your first line, because maybe if you're a first line, you do need to learn everything. You have to have that foundation. So it just depends. But that's what I mean. I'm not opposed to that. I'm just trying to make the point in my circumstance on what I'm saying. But even if they have to learn everything, they could direct that learning to mm -hmm. their advancing, not just a mental orgasm. Yes. That's and that's my my strong language. Sorry, guys. <laughs>
Second thing I, I wanted to say, I kind of like the idea of a mental orgasm. Okay, well, it, well it's addictive, it's <laughs> right? And the the brain's addictive to pleasure. And so when you're like, oh, I'm so smart, and I know exactly why they're such a dumbass, and why they that's what it does, yeah. and it's not helpful for you or anyone else. And I do feel a sense of urgency right now. Things are like it's not the time to go spend on this stuff, guys. I really feel like there's a lot of stuff happening in our world that we got to get ourselves together. That will come. That's it. I just get heated about it. Second thing I wanted to say is an example of, even though it's hard, an example of the emotion, like me being in my emotional authority, which is making decisions over time. Kathy invited me to come here. She wanted to do it for a certain time. I did not feel clear. And my mind is like, oh, she's going to be mad. You're not answering. You need to tell her. And that's what I'm talking about. It happens. My mind is is trying to override the weight. And gave all these reasons of why I need to hurriedly give a date, get on the thing, because she might think certain things. And I I had to stay in the wait until I had clarity. It's like making salt water and waiting for the salt to go to the bottom. And then when I did respond, it was already like the end of April, it, I mean, of August by the time I did. But it works out. It just requires such a deeper trust and change of the way we've been doing things. So when you enter into the experiment, you got to be willing to try it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Like, and not keep, because you you strengthen what you practice. And so if I keep practicing, well, just one more time, just one more time, just one more time, then that's actually who I become. I become the person that is not in alignment and I'm out of trust. I'm into force. I'm into willing things, which is not I'm not defined there. That's not how it works for me. And so it's tricky because we're in a we're in a world where we there's so many gurus and advice givers and billionaires who want to teach you how to do it the way that it worked for them. It won't work for me because I'm not them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you just got to trust, you know, like if you're listening to somebody talk and you know if you're a sacral being and your body's going, mm-hmm. mm-hmm you know, and you're feeling that that person is correct, then trust that. But too often we go into our mind and we're like, let me look at what their certifications are. Let me do that. Let me see how many, what, you know, and just, I think a lot of times it's just based on, you know, what feels correct, you know, and you just do it until it doesn't feel correct. But um, we are at the top of the hour. We're actually two minutes past. So um, I, I want to you know, wrap things up and respect people's time. I really thank you, Kim, for coming on. And I always enjoy our chats. And um, I, if people want to reach out to you and get in touch with you, what are your best ways? I'm sure we'll put them in the comments on both this and when I put it on YouTube. But um, I do have a YouTube channel. I do. I am on social media. I use my name everywhere. Um, and so I have a podcast called More Than Mindset and a free Facebook group. Um, I do run programs for personal transformation as well as business coaching, marketing sales, that stuff. I would say the best way is just to follow Kim. We can't even say that because social media doesn't necessarily show it, but maybe get on the email list, signed up, sign up for um, one of, I can give you a link to one of our free things because I am moving away from it being so much on social media and really we're starting to do more email stuff. So that would probably be the best bet. It would also give them access to the, the podcast. So you'll put a link to how to get to on the email. Yeah, we can, we can give like, maybe it's just the free meditation, but what'll happen is when they sign up for the free meditation, it'll, it'll put them on the email list. 
And the and why the, is them on all social media channels so they can click on come and follow. Send me a private message and say, hey, I listened to you and Kathy talk and now I'm following you. I'm happy. I'm very personal. Yeah, she's chatty. Um, and the um, and I mean that in a good way. The <laughs> podcast and the Facebook group is called More Than Mindset. I don't think you mentioned that. So if people want to um check out either of those, it's really good. Um, this is more than mindset. <laughs> What's happening in our bodies and our cells. So right. much more than our mind is just the crazy beast that thinks it's leading the show yeah thank you for having me on it's fun oh yeah it was great and you know for those watching i want to thank everybody who's joined us either live or in the replay um and every week we share someone's personal story of how human design has changed the way they um talk about themselves and the way they um, see themselves in relationships and how you speak about yourself matters how you speak about your relationships matters so um, human design can help you with the reframe, show you how you've outgrown your old story. Um, if you're interested in working with me, you can DM me or you can set up a free discovery call at kathybashanko.com. And the spelling is just my name.com. And I just want to thank everybody once again. And you guys have a great day. Bye.